All right, good morning. Welcome to our Sunday School Hour here at Long Hill Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I want to ask you to take your Bible this morning, turn to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 this morning will continue our verse-by-verse series uh, through the book of Acts. And remind you again this morning, Acts, of course, is a transitional book. It transitions between the Gospels uh, and the epistles and some of the phenomena, of course, that we see here in the book of Acts are, are temporary ones. But uh, as we've said many times, we, we understand also that much, Brother Ray, the majority of what we see here is for us. It's for today. Uh, and certainly we can draw principles uh, out of this transitional book that the Lord desires us to apply uh, in our lives practically today uh, for his honor and for his glory. So uh, we'll be in Acts chapter 5 here, just to remind you uh, what, where we've been. We saw in the first portion of the chapter, we saw the account of Ananias uh, and Sapphira, and we saw uh, the consequences, Brother Ray, of, of their dishonesty specifically and uh, the Lord made it clear through Peter that they had been dishonest both to the church and to the Lord, uh, and they suffered uh, immediate consequences, or, or at least pretty immediate consequences for that. And we were reminded, um, we looked at 1 Corinthians 3.17, where the Bible says, if any man defy the temple of God, we understand that to be the church assembly, uh, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So we, we were reminded that uh, the Lord takes very seriously the, the offense of doing harm uh, to our church. And, and evidently, we see here in Acts 5 in the account of Ananias and Sapphira uh, an example of that, uh, an example of that. In, in their case, the Lord uh, very clearly viewed their lying to the church as a, a dangerous offense, uh, both to himself and, and to uh, the church assembly. And so they experienced the consequences uh, of their sin, and we do well to keep these things, we do well to keep these things in mind. Well, we saw in verse 12, the apostles perform many signs and wonders among the people, and uh, Brother Ray, we, we were reminded that that's an area that is, is transitional, these, these sign, signs and wonders. Uh, they were certainly being used of God in that day before the canon of Scripture was completed, but uh, not so much for today. Of course, we, we understand God still does miracles. He still heals. Brother Gilmore, that, that's a good thing. Amen. He still heals uh, when he chooses to. Uh, but this temporary uh, sign gifts and, and wonders that we see here were, were, were just that. So we, we saw that some, uh, some were healed and, and um, we saw the, the consequence, Brother Ray, of, of this public ministry uh, Peter and, and John and the apostles having been warned uh, by the Jewish authorities that if they continued to teach and preach in the name of Christ and uh, continued to teach and preach uh, the doctrine of resurrection, which would have been especially offensive to which sect of the Jews? That would have been the Sadducees, who evidently are in charge at this time, that uh, they'd suffer consequences. And, and sure enough, we see in, in verse 17, they were arrested again. Uh, they're arrested. Verse 17, the, the high priest rose up and uh, all they that were with him, uh, which is the sect of the Sadducees, uh, and were filled with indignation, laid their hands on the apostles and put them in uh, the common prison. So they're, they're arrested. They, they suffered consequences. We saw this last week uh, for their faithfulness to the Lord. Brother, they, they just kept on going, right? They said, we know there could be consequences, uh, but we're going to stay faithful to the Lord no matter what. And 
Uh, they're blessed here in verse 19. The angel of the Lord uh, by night uh, opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Brother Gilmore, it's, you know, I, I marvel at that. I said, I said this last uh, Sunday morning. Uh, here, they've, they've just been arrested again for uh, preaching Christ and, and performing miracles in, in his name. And the Holy Spirit blesses them here with being freed from prison, but then sends them back to the place where doing what they were arrested for will be most visible uh, and most offensive probably to the same authorities that just threw them in jail. Uh, and yet they just happily obey. They just say, well, okay, Lord, that's, that's what you want. We'll, we'll not consider the, the consequences to us. We'll just consider our faithfulness to you and keep going forward. And we saw that in verse 21. When they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and did what they taught. They did exactly what the Lord said to do. Uh, they just continued to do what had been so offensive to the authorities uh, because they understood that it was most important that they, they be faithful to the Lord. And having yielded the Lord, no doubt they found strength, they found grace from God uh, to continue on. Uh, and that's where we pick it up here this morning. I want to I continue there in verse uh, 21. This is a little bit of review still, but we'll, we'll start here this morning. We see the Jewish leaders uh, sent for the apostles, right? The, the Sanhedrin, Brother Ray, they, they call for the apostles to be brought from the jail. And basically, they're, they're going to be tried before the Sanhedrin. We did see this, but middle of verse 21, the high priest came, uh, and they that were with him and called the council, this would seem to be the Sanhedrin, they called the council together, uh, and all the senate of the children of Israel, uh, we struggle a little bit maybe to differentiate the council from the, the Sanhedrin. It might be a, a portion uh, of the council or perhaps some of the other elders that, that may be uh, counseled uh, or consulted to the Sanhedrin. But these would all be influential men, uh, leaders among the people, uh, the Senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. So they, they called for the prisoners to be brought from the jail uh, into the presence of those who would try them before these, uh, these Jewish leaders. And there at the beginning of verse 22, there, there's a pretty powerful B-U-T, but. So we know when we see that word, Brother Gilmore, we, we know that there's, there's going to be something that's contrary to what was uh, perhaps expected. But when the officers came, uh, verse 22, and found them not in the prison, they returned. The Holy Spirit had freed them. What a blessing. Uh, and, and told them, saying, verse 23, the prison truly found we shut with all safety. Uh, it was locked up tight as a drum. <laughs> the doors, it was all locked up, and the keepers standing without before the doors. They don't seem to be aware that anyone has escaped. It's all shut up, locked up. The prison guards don't seem to be aware of anything unusual. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Well, they expected to find the apostles there, but uh, having been freed by the angel of the Lord uh, by night who opened the prison doors and brought them forth, they, they were not there. They were not there. This is a miraculous delivery by the Lord of faithful, obedient men, God's provision for them that they might continue the ministry that God has called them to. Verse 24 says, Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them uh, whereunto this, this would grow. They, they continued to have concern about the, the influence of, of this new sect, these, these Christians, these, these followers and preachers of Christ 
uh, and his, his resurrection. Now, uh, immediately they, they receive a report that these that they've warned and arrested uh, and have called for, wh where are they? Well, they're at the temple preaching Christ. Uh, that's what the, the angel of the Lord commanded them to do. Uh, the Lord freed them for that purpose and commanded them to do that. And so uh, that's what they, they're found doing. Brother Ray, we, uh, I keep coming back to this same thought. Uh, Brother Gilmore, God acts with purpose, doesn't he? He acts with purpose. He's not a just, you know, just well cuz kind, kind of God. He, he, he works miraculously at times, uh, and normally we can see for a purpose. He, he miraculously freed his apostles from uh, this jail so that they could go back to the temple uh, and, and preach Christ. And I, I just, you know, I, I'm reminded this morning that when we, we pray for God to do miracles in our lives, we ought to pray with yielded hearts to uh, yield ourselves and submit ourselves to whatever purpose the Lord has for doing that. You know, Lord, save me. Lord, Lord heal me. Okay, well, uh, that's good. He can do that when he chooses to. Uh, but Lord, help me at the same time to be yielded to uh, your purposes if, if you choose to save me. God, God works miraculously for his purposes. Lord, help me to be uh, yield to your purposes. Well, we see here in verse 26, the apostles are uh, confronted by the high priest. Uh, verse 26 says, Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people. They didn't want to make a big stir. The, uh, you know, they're, they're concerned about how this would appear. Uh, for they feared the people, uh, ought to fear the Lord, of course, uh, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, verse 27, they set them before the council, the Sanhedrin, uh, and the high priest asked them. So the high priest begins his examination of them, uh, saying in verse 28, Did not we straightly command you? Didn't we tell you before that ye, all of you, should not teach in this name? What name are they talking about, Brother Ray? <laughs> What's he talking about? He says, uh, didn't we tell you before to stop preaching in the name of Jesus Christ? We warned you not to do that. And here you are doing it, and not only that, you're doing it at the, at the temple. Uh, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? They don't even want to say the name. Uh, and behold, ye, y'all, uh, have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. It's not their doctrine, it's the Lord's doctrine. It's the teaching of those things that Christ had taught them. And uh, you fill Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. So, you know, their, their concern was, uh, perhaps, perhaps their concern was that Christianity was a, a threat or a challenge to uh, the continuation of Judaism as it had been, Old Covenant, Old Testament Judaism, still looking for the Messiah. But it seems to be in verse 28 that their greater concern was uh, more of a personal one. We, you, you, want us, you want us to be held uh, accountable. Uh, you, you, want, you want the people to view us as responsible for uh, the death of, of this man, uh, Jesus. Of course, they, they were. He was sent to die uh, in our place to shed his blood, that our sins might be covered, that we might be made righteous in, in, in the Father's eyes, that, that we might live eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, that's why his blood was 
was shed, but their concern seems to be a prideful one that they'll be held accountable and suffer some consequences from the people. Of course, they ought to be more concerned about the consequences they suffer from the Lord. Well, Peter and the apostles answered the high priest, verse 29, then Peter uh, and the other apostles answered and said, and I want to focus just for uh, uh, a few minutes this morning on uh, this answer that we see here in the second part of verse 29. What do they say here? Uh, what's their answer to the high priest and, and the Sanhedrin? What, what is their answer? They say, we ought to obey who? God. Uh, you know what? We ought to obey God rather than men. Uh, Brother Ray, it seems like they're, they're saying, listen, we, we heard what you said. We, Brother Gilmore, we heard your warning. We understood that you did not want us to continue preaching Christ, uh, the doctrine of Christ and, and his resurrection. Sadducees, you're offended by that. Uh, they, they, they were the liberal rationalists of their day, right? They, they rejected so much of the supernatural. They, they would have fit in nicely today, of course. They fit right in today. Not here at Long Hill Baptist Church, but we'd have to deal with them, right? We, we'd have to pull them aside and, and deal with them and all of that. Uh, anyway, Peter and the, and the other apostles answered. They said, we ought to obey God uh, rather than men. Uh, they're, they're not saying that we have no obligation to respect the authority that, that God ordains. Brother, they wouldn't say that, right? They're not saying, hey, we, we, we believe we can just completely disregard anything that's said by an authority that God has ordained uh, in this world. But uh, I believe what they're saying is that when it comes down to making the decision of who, who do I obey when, when the Lord has commanded one thing, but some earthly authority has commanded another thing? Who do you obey? When, when, the, when the Lord's word obliges us to go down one road, but there's an earthly authority that says, no, you cannot go down that road, uh, who do you obey? Well, well, the apostles give the answer here. Peter and the other apostles say, listen, when there's a conflict between what the Lord has commanded in his word, uh, between God and what he says and, and what uh, earthly authorities say, in that case, uh, it would be the Lord's desire that we would obey him. And, and that's, that's the simple idea here. Uh, one man says, in general, we as God's people are under scriptural mandate to obey human governmental authority. Uh, however, when human authority countermands the clear command of God, we are enjoined to rather obey uh, God. That's, that's Brother Sorensen uh, writing in his commentary. Uh, and I learned this week he's sick. We need to keep him in prayer. So I would ask you, if you keep Pastor David Sorensen uh, in prayer, of course, he was here with us several years back. Uh, we did a we did King James Bible Conference and looked at doctrine preservation and things, things like that. And uh, he was a real blessing to us. So, so keep him in prayer, please. I believe that statement he made is, is a nice, tidy summary uh, of the idea here. Now, let's, let's look at a few passages just very quickly that talk about our obligation uh, to obey men. It's not that we'll, we'll, we'll just completely disregard our obligation to uh, obey human authorities. No, we have uh, later on in, in Book of Romans. Turn to Romans 13, please. Uh, Romans 13. It's, we, we cannot forget that the Lord has indeed obliged us to respect human authority. We, we do well to keep that in mind and have some, some verses where we, we know the Lord's taught this. It's 
It's just that when man gives commands that are contrary to the command of the word of God, we of course, we of course do well to prioritize the Lord. So Romans 13 verse one, uh, Paul writing under inspiration to the Roman uh, church members, he says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. There's no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. We do well to keep in mind that uh, the earthly authorities that exist, uh, government, police, what have you, they are ordained of God. Verse two says, whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of men, and they that resist shall receive to them themselves damnation. For rulers, verse three, are not a terror uh, to good works, but to evil. Uh, to evil. So, uh, yep, this is one place where we are taught as believers to honor uh, and to be subject to, to subject, uh, to submit ourselves, that's the word that I'm looking for, uh, to the authorities that God has ordained. We do have an obligation to not ignore uh, governmental authority. Similarly, uh, in 1 Peter 2, make a note please and turn there if you would, uh, 1 Peter 2, beginning in verse 13. Uh, 1 Peter 2, beginning in verse 13. The Bible says there, submit yourselves. 1 Peter 2 and verse 13. Submit yourselves, subject yourself, yield yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, uh, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors or unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well for so, verse 15, for so is the will of God. So uh, we have to remember that uh, we, we, we meet our, 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 our statement uh, in Acts 5, we ought to obey God rather than men, uh, and, and have an obligation to put that in the context of uh, the, the totality of what the Lord has taught us in the New Testament. Yes, we are obliged to hear uh, civil authority and to yield ourselves to it for the Lord's purposes and only to disregard it and only to disregard it when uh, regarding, yielding, obeying uh, civil authority would be contrary to what the Lord uh, has called us to in his word. Brother Ray, we, we yield to civil authority until uh, a civil authority attempts to compel us to disobey the Lord. That's, that's the principle, right? Uh, that's the principle that we see uh, in, in the word of God. And of course, uh, there's, there's numerous examples uh, in scripture where God's people uh, did just that. The, the Egyptian midwives, they hid Moses. Uh, Moses' parents hid him uh, in, in contrary to uh, the Pharaoh's command. Uh, Daniel continued to worship and to pray uh, contrary to Nebuchadnezzar's command. And uh, he understood the Lord, uh, the Lord wanted him to worship the Lord and, and to be a man of prayer. And, and uh, if there was a, a king uh, who would command otherwise, well, I heard you king, but, but I've got to prioritize my obedience uh, to the Lord over you in that particular case. And of course, another example would be the wise men we see there in, in Matthew 2. So uh, we do well, we do well to understand this principle. We obey the, the civil authority, the laws that they ordain up to the point at which doing so would compel us to disobey uh, the Lord uh, in his word. 
is it okay if I go down just a little bit of a rabbit trail for one second? I, I try hard not to do this, but <laughs> just, just, for, just, just for one moment, uh, I think in, in, as we're considering uh, a Christian response to civil government uh, this morning, uh, they, one, thing that, one thing that I'm aware of is the temptation to rail against uh, leaders that we do not agree with, to just spew vitriol uh, at, at leaders and their wickedness. And we understand this morning that um, there, there, there's wicked leadership in our land. Uh, I, I completely understand that. I, I acknowledge that. Uh, that. That, of course, is the case. But also do well to understand that, that God ordains the, the, the authorities. He, he sets up kings. He takes them down. He, he puts men in place as he chooses to, uh, when he chooses to, for as long as he chooses to. And we, we do well to keep that in mind. And we also do well to bear in mind that uh, the Lord does not want us to be uh, angrily spewing hateful words at those leaders that he has ordained for his purposes. Uh, 2 Peter 2.10, I'll just give you several verses here, references real fast. Note these down, please. In 2 Peter 2.10, the Lord implores us to refrain from speaking evil of dignities. And we'll not, we'll not go there or spend any time there this morning, but uh, we, we're called to refrain from speaking evil of dignities. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 20, the Bible commands us to curse not the king, <laughs> to curse not the king. And uh, moving kind of backwards through Scripture, but Exodus 22:28, Exodus 22:28, Bible says there, "Thou shalt not revile the gods or, or judges or rulers, uh, nor curse the ruler of thy people." Listen, uh, we there, there's times when we should uh, raise concern scripturally about the ungodly, unbiblical policies of our leaders. It's it's, it's good and wise for us to raise concerns but humbly, uh, with the right heart, with an understanding that we're not called to be people who are spewing hatred uh, at those who are lost and, and those who are making decisions that are contrary to the word of God. We're called to pray for them. Uh, we're, we're called to, of course, we're repeatedly called to pray for leaders, uh, but not to revile them, but to, to pray for them. Take the hateful words that you might want to post on Facebook and, uh, and reinvest that energy maybe in praying for that same leader. Pray for their salvation. You know, that's what will change things. We can, we can revile and, and speak evil all day long, and we're real good at, at writing on Facebook and, and whatever, but uh, what will really change something is, is prayer uh, and seeing that man or, or that woman come to Christ. They'll change their hearts. <laughs> and if their hearts get changed, there'll be an outward manifestation uh, of a changed heart. That might just be changed policies, and uh, that's, that's, of course, what will make a difference. That's my rabbit trail. That's my rabbit trail. Uh, see here uh, in verse 30. Back to our passage, please. Uh, Peter and the apostles continue to answer. Brother Ray, they continue to answer. Uh, high priest, the Sanhedrin, and talk about how God had raised up Jesus, and uh, they had slewed him. They, they had slayed him. Get my words right here. Verse 30, God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew, uh, and hanged on a tree, that tree being the cross, of course. Uh, verse 31, him hath God exalted with his right hand uh, to be a prince. <laughs> that's that's an interesting and uh, wonderful title. It's capital P in your Bible, right? It's a title. 
Holy Spirit has them to say here, has the idea of a high-ranking ruler. So um, it's a good word for them to use in this context. They've just said, hey, we ought to obey God rather than men. Uh, him, Christ, hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince. Uh, the, the word underlying prince actually has the idea of highest-ranking ruler. So they're, uh, they're, they're communicating the notion again in the title that they're using that He's their ultimate authority. He's, he's their king of kings, their lord of lords. Yes, God ordains human authority, but Jesus Christ is king of kings and lord of lords, are a prince uh, and a savior, <laughs> and a savior, praise God, uh, for to give repentance to Israel uh, and forgiveness of sin. So uh, they, they don't shy away, Brother Ray, from preaching who Christ is and, and why he came and who he came for. He came for all men, of course, uh, including those uh, members of the Sanhedrin who, who had rejected him. Well, Peter and the apostles uh, continue to witness to, to these truths. Verse 32, we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Uh, Brother Gilmore, I love you can't hardly get through a chapter of the book of Acts without seeing the Holy Spirit, <laughs> whether he's mentioned specifically or just the, um, the action of the Spirit of God all, all through the book of Acts, uh, it's wonderful. And it's a reminder to us how important the Holy Spirit is to us in our lives today, right? We try to do it ourselves all the time, even our ministry, right? We try to minister in our own power and strength all the time. And, and, you know, there's certain things that we can accomplish, but boy, so much more can be accomplished if we just yield to the Spirit of God and, and receive his filling. Uh, I'm, I'm indwelt no matter what, but as I yield, I'm filled, I'm enabled, and uh, the Holy Spirit works in me and through me. Pray, praise God for that. We, we need that. We need that. Um, well, the, the Sanhedrin and the, uh, the Sadducees, uh, uh, who, who again appear to be um, in, in control, in power here, they're, they're not happy. Why, Brother Ray? Because these men are just continuing to preach the same things. You know, they, <laughs> Peter preached uh, wherever he could, no matter what the consequences are. He's standing before the Sanhedrin and the high priest, and they're just continuing to preach Christ and uh, reminding them that they have slayed him, caused his death. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're uh, certainly thinking still about the, the political consequences for them, uh, you know, the blood of Christ, all, all of this, they, they view it in the context of, of potential political consequences. Uh, and so the, uh, well, see verse 33, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart uh, and took counsel to slay them. Uh, slaying Christ didn't stop his doctrine from being spread. Uh, certainly slaying these men would not either. Uh, but this is their response. Their, their response is to slay uh, these men. Uh, but then in verse 34, we see, um, and I believe this is God working here in verse 34, then stood up one in the council, a Pharisee uh, named Gamaliel. And this is the same man who, who seemed to be the same man who, who taught Paul, right, before Paul was saved. He's called a doctor of the law, a teacher, doctor, uh, one who is um, uh, highly trained in the Old Testament law. Uh, Acts 22, 3, later on we'll see Paul make reference to Gamaliel. Uh, he is a, a man who's highly trained in the law, a, a very uh, authoritative man possessing authority uh, here in the Sanhedrin. 
uh, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, so uh, not a Sadducee, but a Pharisee. He'd be on kind of the other side of the aisle, so he's going to kind of stand up in, in opposition to this, the Sadducee rulers here. Uh, he's, he's described as, as one had a reputation among all the people uh, and commanded the apostles put uh, forth a, a little space. And verse 35, he said unto the council, the Sanhedrin, ye men, uh, all of you, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. Be careful about what you do. Verse 36, for behold, these days rose up Theudas, boasting himself to be someone, um, this man is only mentioned here. We don't really know very much about him, but there's a reference here to this other man who apparently um, was, a, was perceived by the, 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 the council, the, the Sanhedrin, to be a threat. So uh, Gamaliel says, you know, we, we have a similar case here. Uh, we have this man who, who rose up boasting himself to be someone, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves. So he had about 400 followers, and uh, Gamaliel says that he was slain, uh, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and, and brought to naught. So he says, you know, we had a similar case in, in recent memory. A, a man rose up teaching different doctrine. He had some followers, uh, and then he was slain. He's comparing this man and his followers, of course, to Christ, uh, and followers of Christ, and how that really didn't come to anything. He's saying, you know what, I don't, I don't think we have to slay these guys, because this, this last case in, in recent memory, it didn't really come to anything, so maybe we can just let this go. He says something very wise in the next uh, several verses. He says, after this man rose up, uh, Judas uh, of Galilee, in the days of taxing, and drew away much people after him. You know, he said there's another case, a second case where a man rose up, uh, evidently teaching different doctrine. He also perished. He died too, uh, middle of verse 37. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. He says, now there's two cases of, of men who had different doctrine, rose up, had followers, and the leader of, of that sect, they, they both died, and nothing really happened. Nothing came from it. It didn't continue to be a big threat to us. And he says this in verse 38, Now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Don't kill them, just let them alone. For if this counsel, uh, for if this counsel or this work be of men, uh, it'll come to naught. Just like the last two, came to naught. Nothing came from it, because it was of men. Maybe with a little help from the devil. Uh, <laughs> but he says, you know, nothing came. But there's, there's, a, there's a very important uh, but at the beginning of verse 39. But what? What's, what's the implication? If, if, if these new sects, these cults, if you will, are of men, you know, not much is going to come from it. But if it be of God, verse 39, Gamaliel, very wise. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. If it be of God, that's true. Lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. Well, praise God. Verse 40, and to him they agreed. They agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, uh, beating is better than being killed, certainly. They beat them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus uh, and let them go. Uh, would they continue on speaking in the name of Jesus? 
Absolutely, because they understood they were called to obey God, not men, when, when the word of God, uh, the spirit of God, obliged them to do something that men was, man was trying to prohibit. They just keep on doing it. Uh, they knew the consequences or the potential consequences. They might be jailed again. Uh, Paul will be jailed later on and, and, and released by the spirit of God later on. And, uh, while he was in jail, what, what would they do? They just preached to the jailer, right, who got saved and got baptized and got busy for the Lord. Uh, these men just continued on, yielded to the Lord, allowing God to work through them despite consequences. And, and, and here, it's so wonderful. Uh, here you see the Lord has supernaturally released them from jail, so they go and preach Christ at the temple. Here you have them before the, uh, the Sanhedrin, uh, and it, it looks like the Sanhedrin has had enough. They're, they're getting ready to... Uh, kill these men uh, to, to, to execute them. Uh, and then Gamaliel stands up. Brother Ray, is he, is he a Christian man at this point? I don't believe he is. I don't believe he is, but I believe the Lord has used him to protect the lives of the apostles at this point in their ministry. Could God do that? Absolutely. <laughs> can, uh, can, can God use a lost man? Uh, this is a faithful man. He's a Jewish man. Uh, I don't believe he's a Christian yet. Can, can God use... Uh, whomever he chooses to provide for uh, or to protect his people so that they can continue on uh, in their ministry. Certainly, certainly he can. Uh, certainly, uh, we mentioned the, um, the midwives uh, back in, in Egypt uh, who protected Moses for a time. Were they saved ladies? I don't think so. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. Uh, God can use whomever he chooses to to protect his people, to provide for his people when he chooses to. It's just an amazing thing. The Lord can uh, provide for uh, whatever is needed, however he chooses, in the most miraculous uh, and sometimes unexpected way. Uh, you get upset with yourself when you get surprised that God does amazing things. I, I, I tell our church that all the time. You know, we'll pray some big prayer and God will answer it. Or, or you know, we'll pray for God to do some big thing in our lives. It would be private, but, it, but it's a big thing. And then God does it, and I'm surprised. Why should I be surprised? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Why pray it in the first place if you don't believe God might do it, <laughs> right? It doesn't make any sense. Lord, uh, I guess it's good to, to marvel and wonder at the power of God in our lives. That's a good thing. But God, help me not to be surprised when you... Uh, provide for us whatever is needed in the most miraculous way. He can do that, uh, and he does that. Lord, help us to have that kind of faith as well. See the response of the apostles. The last two verses were done here. Uh, verse 41, uh, how do they respond? Well, they might, might have just gone off with their tails between their legs and, and not done anything more for the Lord. They don't do that. Uh, first, we see they, they rejoice. Verse 41, they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that day that what? What are they rejoicing about? They're rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Brother Ray, whose name? Christ's name. Uh, they, they, they counted it a joyful thing that they were counted worthy by the Lord to suffer uh, for him. He had suffered for them. And now they've suffered for him, and for them, that was an occasion uh, to rejoice. That, that was an occasion to celebrate. I hope we have the same heart. 
Uh, if we suffer for the Lord, any, anything, any difficulty, that we just rejoice. You know, this is not an easy thing, but I'm, I have the privilege to suffer for my Savior who suffered everything for me. What a, that's a joyful thing. God, give us, give us that heart. That's what they did. Uh, and then maybe even more importantly, they just got back to the business that the Lord had, had saved them spiritually and now saved them physically uh, to accomplish. Verse 42, daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach who? Jesus Christ. Brother Ray, the Lord saved them spiritually and he saved them physically, most miraculously, not just because, but for a purpose that they just keep on serving the Lord, uh, teaching and preaching the Lord Jesus Christ wherever the Lord gave them opportunity. Lord, give us the same heart. Uh, these men were able to do that, um, having known grace, power from the Lord to accomplish what he desired. Um, Lord's still the same Lord, isn't he? Give us the same, the same grace and strength to continue on despite uh, the threats that we may face. And I, I said last week, I think, that, you know, for years we've been teaching and preaching and warning people that at some point we may face something more like real persecution for preaching the whole counsel of God. Um, I don't know if it's, it's starting to feel like those, those days are kind of closer than they've ever been, I believe. And so passages like these, um, boy, they merit our attention. Right, and, and we do well to make a decision today. Hey, if, if we get to a place here not too far down the road where there could be real consequences, legal consequences for continuing to preach the gospel and, and all of God's words, what am I gonna do? We do well to decide today. We do well to decide today. Lord protected these men for as long as he chose to so that they could continue doing what he had called them to do. I believe God's still in that business. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for your words. I, I'm grateful, Father, that we, we have the privilege to open our King James Bible and, and see these words preserved for us. And Lord, that we have the privilege to see you at work um, so very miraculously. Lord, we thank you this morning that our commission is really no different than that we, which we see here uh, in this passage. We're, we're called to take forth the words that you've given uh, to teach them the gospel, uh, to baptize a new believer, to teach them all of the words that you've given. And Lord, I pray this morning again that you'd give us a heart and a mind to continue on despite the consequences. Lord, I know that uh, some will look upon us and think that's silly, uh, that kind of heart, to desire to um, pursue our own agendas or uh, consider consequences more than uh, consider the, the need to just stay yielded to you. But Father, we, we understand this morning that uh, we've been purchased at the cross. We're here for your pleasure. And it's a great privilege, Lord, to know that um, you've called us to serve you and you enable us to do what you've called us to despite the consequences that we may face. Lord, give us a heart to just stay yielded to you and serve you. Mm -hmm. Father, pray again this morning for Brother Gilmore, and uh, just pray, Lord, that you will strengthen him, keep him strong today and throughout this week. And we just ask you, Lord, to work here in this assembly. Accomplish that which you desire this week. Pray for Brother Ray and, and the sound system and all the things that um, 
need to work this week. We just pray, Father, that you'll, you'll have your hand in every detail. Nothing would get in the way of what you desire to accomplish here this week. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you and pray all of this now in Jesus' name.